Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hudge, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon. It's an early one, but he is the Baron of Beef. It's Master Blywalker, Luke Blywalker, how are you doing mate? Oi oi Savaloi, yes, all the better for seeing you mate, and I'll be seeing you again this weekend at Portsmouth Comic Con. Yes. Which is going to be divine, isn't it? On the 3rd and the 4th, Yep. Saturday the 3rd, Sunday the 4th, we're going to be at Portsmouth Comic Con and we're going to be doing uh, a few things there. I think we're doing, we're speaking to like radio or something on on the on Saturday, the but then on, 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 the sun, on the Sunday we're doing a quiz. Yes, on the so, steps of the Guildhall as well, so it's going to be... Yeah. An open air quiz. Looking forward to that quiz. A bit of bants with the Pompey crowd and the uh, and the Star Wars slash sci fi fans that are going to go there. Looking forward to it. We'll be wandering around on Saturday, uh, soaking it all up. Uh, looking forward to our first ever mm. trip to Portsmouth Comic Con. Heard good things about it as well. So uh, listen in next week, and I'm sure we'll have a little bit to say about old Pompey Con. But um, haven't seen you for a while, mate. You've been on the other side of the other side of the Atlantic. How you doing, man? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Great. Great. I went to the um, American Museum. No, the National Museum of American History in the Smithsonian in, yeah. in, in uh, Washington, D.C. last week. Uh, Mrs. and I were over there for work and I'd spend some like the evening or like afternoon exploring. And I, yeah, I saw the original C-3PO and R2-D2. boss. That's I was ridiculous. like, mate, this is this is crazy, you know. And they had a Hollywood section, which you know is American history, and it is. It was it it was it was really really good, really really good. But mate, there was something yesterday. There was something yesterday. Yeah, I was just talking to the boys. I've been like recovering from jet lag and stuff, and uh, my brother sent through a voice note. Okay, and I said to <laughs> I I said to Matty boy, yes, I was like, mate. Let me forge you this voice note, but don't listen to it yet. I have don't not heard this. I promise you. So Matt's not heard this, but I wanted to. I wanted to play yeah. this on the show. This is a voice note from my brother, and it's and it's talking about last week's main show, right? Last week's episode from the sessions, gotcha. uh, Matty boy. I I want you to listen to this, and I want you to react to it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So just uh, listening to the podcast and heard uh, the little sound bite uh, of uh, old uh, Natalie Portman saying, oh, she'd be willing to come back uh, and reprise her role as Sandy Padme. Uh, but no one's ever asked. You know why no one's ever asked? Because she sucked. She sucked hard. She just was utterly like, 
Zero personality. Zero personality. <laughs> like a flipping vanilla, a half melted ice cream there. Absolute sad sack. I really, really dislike Padby. Uh, really, you're really crap. So, yeah, that's why no one asks you back, love, because you sucked. Uh, and no one cares. So, there we go. Hope you're all having a great day. <laughs> what, what was he trying to say? Hope you're all having a good day. Oh, <laughs> what I, point was he trying to make? I didn't quite get it. <laughs> oh, I laughed. I laughed so wow. hard. You've been on the beers. Well, <laughs> uh, it's like that. It is a yeah. bit like that. No. Um, and I said to him, I was like, dude, like people love Padme. He's like, what? Not James. Like, yeah. I'm like, mate, Padme's so popular. He's like, you no. love Padme. I'm like, yeah. I love a bit of Padme. Who don't love a bit of Padme? And exactly. um, there, we, there we go. I thought that was oh, a, wow. cheeky, yeah. a nice and cheeky way to start the show. Controversial you know? way to start um, the show. Listen, as well. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I thought it was really funny. Get your comments <laughs> in, in down below, please, guys. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Just, and I know some people are going to strongly disagree with it, but that's fine. That is, that is were- more than fine. So... Just email at James Bly at <laughs> all your yeah. comments there. But, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Lukey Boy's got his Return of the Jedi mug. He's seen oh, yeah. a C-3PO and R2-D2 from Return of the Jedi. That? It's, oh, that is a beautiful mug. I must say I that myself. But, um, Some absolute babe got it for me. Oh, I saw it. Somebody posted it on one of the socials. It may have just been like Shop Disney. And I looked as soon as I saw it. So yeah, then my work can wait for five minutes. I'll I'll get this bad boy ordered up. Um, I scrambled to find where Luke lives, and then I did found it. And I was like, I get that done. And then I remembered. I was like, oh, he's just left for Washington. He's not going to be here. But it turned up the day before, I think. So um, yeah, no, glad he had a good time. It was in my recycling bin, mate. It was in my recycling bin. I had to send you a picture, didn't I? Because I said, is it turned up? And he's like, nothing's turned up. And I thought, I was like, what has? Has it gone to the neighbours? But it was in the it was in a box. I sent him a picture, like a nondescript picture of a box, and obviously a light bulb's gone off in his bonds, and he's gone to find it, and he's found the uh, the mug. So I was very very pleased that you found that. Um, and a disclaimer for all you sickheads out there: this is an early morning recording, so bear with us. But we are going to get through this. We're gonna we're gonna plough through. You can hear the birds in the background. You can hear our tired yearning to talk about today's main discussion. However, before that though. We do have some news from the Patreon department at Sessions HQ, mate. Yeah, huge shout out to our latest patron, Shane Daly, the King of Suffolk, who's joined at the Hello There tier. What a sickhead. Shane's always been a sickhead. And yeah. mate, Sh- Shane, look, enjoy the content, mate. Enjoy the commentaries. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the infamous Attack of the Clones commentary, uh, strongly cannot. recommend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Shane's already listened to that, though. But yeah, thank you oh, so much well. for the support, mate. It, it means the world, really, really means a lot to us. So thank you again. Yes, mate, you're an absolute legend. Uh, me and Luke know that, and everyone who met you at all the cons and at Bibs Bash know what an absolute king you are. So thank you, mate, for signing up to the Patreon. New Jibber Jabbers just dropped, I'm talking about... What I want from the next Star Wars Jedi game. Spoilers for the game, so don't listen if you haven't played it. Uh, so enjoy the content that we've put out, that we're going to put out, and all that good stuff. You know the drill by now. Shane, you're an absolute king. Now, in my ears, I can hear birds, and I can hear the sounds of Big Ben Kenobi, <laughs> which you and I know only means one thing, my friend. <laughs> it must mean it's a Galactic News Round. <laughs> ah. 
Mark Hamill has cast doubt on whether he will ever reprise his role as Luke Skywalker, confessing, I don't have any expectations of that happening. Showrunner John Watts and Christopher Ford are confirmed to have written the majority of Skeleton Crew, with frequent collaborator My Young Joe Wesner completing the lineup of writers for the show. Yellow Jacket star Courtney Eaton has opened up about her failed audition for Rey in Star Wars The Force Awakens, saying that that one will forever haunt me. And Princess Leia's original throne room ceremonial dress from A New Hope could fetch up to $2 million at an upcoming prop store auction. Hi, this is Simon J. Williamson, Max Rebo from Return of the Jedi, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. All I got to say, the Jedi have returned. <laughs> we're just fanatics out here waiting on Return of the Jedi. Three years in the making, we're waiting for this. Some people don't idolize Darth Vader like I do. See, I want him to get Luke. And uh, I think that, uh, that that Luke will destroy Darth Vader. I guess Darth Vader will die. I'm not sure. I hope he does, and I love his black. Jedi, from the desert fortress of Jabba the Hutt. Jedi. Death Star of the Galactic Empire to the forest city of the Ewoks. This is the climactic chapter in the Star Wars saga. Remember the Force. Rejoice in the triumph. Return of the Jedi. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater in your galaxy. It's been 40 years since Return of the Jedi was released to the world. We are going to celebrate that milestone tonight as luke calls it the feel good film of the year every year and i tell you something mate i've just heard a lapty neck coming through my headphones and (laughs) my first instinct was just to start jiving start dancing like we're back up at the cantina two again mate 40 40 years we're getting to the point now where these films are middle-aged films they are almost half a century old certainly when we start looking at a new hope now and return of the jedi is you know, we've, we've spoken about Jedi before. We asked whether or not it was the, the weakest of the films and all of that kind of good stuff. But tonight we're going to be talking about the legacy. How was it mm. received then? But more so, how was it permeated the franchise, pop culture, us, the listeners, everybody out there? And I, for one, cannot wait to talk about this film. And I know somebody else who's been looking forward to talking about this film. And his name is Luke Bly. Mate, how excited are you to talk about the legacy now of Return of the Jedi? I'm over the second death moon, mate. I'm over the second death <laughs> moon. Um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, twice, mate, twice. Uh, I don't know about. I don't know what it is about Return of the Jedi. You know, maybe it's the puppets. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the acting. Maybe it's the green lightsaber, the new planets. 
for me out of all the originals as a kid and even as an adult it's the it's the it's the one original that really 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 captures my imagination mm-hmm. it it really just stole my heart not to be too cheesy but it really just stole my heart no, no. i love a good ending and i do think i do think out of, out of all the you know film pop culture sagas out there i i i think it's kind of hard to beat return of the jedi i, re- I really do i think it's the best maybe only with return of the king coming kind of close for me um i love this film and it gets away with so much just like a bit it really gets away with a lot you when you watch you are like this is so weird i i think (laughs) i said i think i said we'll 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 be covering this a wee bit later but like in the re-release i was in the um cinema watching it only a few weeks ago really yes and um I said to, I think it was Emma next to me or like, and, and Dave and Scott, I was like, you know what's mental about Return of the Jedi is there's a little bit of like human dialogue at the start and then that's over. You've got a solid like 15, 20 minutes of just like puppet mayhem, just puppets, aliens, and then added CG. And you you know, you're like, what? What is this? What is going on? Why do we like this? (laughs) Why do we like this? And yet I absolutely adore it, mate. I absolutely adore it. Um, And that's what we're going to be doing, right? We're going to be looking at that kind of 40-year legacy. Like you said, that's a long time. 40 years. 40 years. That's weird. That's an old man. That's weird to think. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not because I'm not far off that. In middle-aged well. terms, in terms of films, it's an old man. Um, I agree with you, mate. This was the first real, first true blockbuster of the 80s as well. The 80s is known for, well, many things, including excess. Uh, and this film had lots of weird stuff in excess. But this was the first real blockbuster of the 80s. It absolutely murked all its competition in 1983. And then from then on... and also, uh, But also on that, sorry, it felt like an 80s film more so, whereas you look at something like A New Hope, which feels very much like it's in the 70s. Look at the hair, look at the way... Mm. There's something about the production of it. Empire is its own little thing. You know, Empire doesn't feel like anything. It's just... It's film in space, and it's timeless. Whereas Jedi does now feel a lot more 80s. And all the reasons you've just said, like the, the puppetry, the kind of... The reliance on uh, different uh, non-native speaking species like uh, the huts, like the Ewoks and the uh, Sai Snootles, the singer in uh, in the Jabba's palace and all that, it just felt really weird. And it is such a mm. weird feeling film. And I totally agree that this one, I think, does capture the magic more than anything in terms of the OT. You know, a, a New Hope is very a New Hope is a start, middle, and end. That's his own film. Empire is something different like I said that's that's a totally different beast and a totally different tone and this film does actually start with a similar tone you know it starts with and it starts off with the Empire with Vader and the Imps you know it kind of carries on from Empire and then like you say we're then whisked into Jabba's palace and it's just you know chaos from there on in um but it does, it, like you say, it, it, is it the puppetry which makes you think of like Jim Henson, the Dark Crystal and all the other stuff when we were kids? Is it the like, overly swashbuckling nature? Is it Han Solo just having a laugh and Harrison Ford just having a laugh the whole time? Now, is it the Ewoks at the end, which is the idea that the Ewoks can take down the Empire? It's kind of romantic. We'll get onto that, I'm sure. It is very much <laughs> the one that captures the imagination, mate, and... It's, it's, it's had its impact on pop culture. It's, it joined the National Film Registry in 2021. So in terms of its 
place in film history, certainly in the States, it's, you know, it's there, it's, it's cemented mm. and it's a fun film to talk about. It has an unhappy endings. This film feels like it has a happy ending, like a real ending, which is, which is rare nowadays in cinema for everything has to be a series. Everything has to be a saga. Everything has to be mm. a, a franchise. So whilst this is one of the best endings of a trilogy ever, if not the, it is of course, ironic that the ending would then of course not really be an ending with the sequels and everything going forward. But that's just the way it is. But Jedi though, mate, let's talk about, let's talk about return of the Jedi. Let's talk about the feel good film of the year. Every year you've talked, yeah. speaking about the tone and the puppets and that, how did it, like, how, how do you reckon it changed people's perception of the franchise coming from a new hope empire? And now this, you know, by the end of it, how do you <laughs> think they were like, Oh, that fits. Well, I, I, I get why for some people this didn't work. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I get it. Really? I really get it because you do, you do hear that. Don't you, you hear that like there's a lot of original, um star wars fans or 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 like kids that watched like star wars and new hope just star wars at the time in cinemas in 77 and 78 and then by the time they got to 1983 they saw jedi and they're like what was this you know what's with the teddy bears and stuff i i i think um it's worth reiterating something that we always say on the podcast is that we have the benefit of kind of being from a different generation where we were able to just appreciate these films all, a they were all out so we could we could enjoy yeah. them collectively yeah they were all just one thing the original trilogy was one thing there weren't three separate things or just one thing and I don't, I don't know i just think i i don't remember like as a kid hearing about like the oh the ewoks are blah, blah, blah. maybe it's because like neither of my parents were into star wars i was able to just like enjoy it for what it was just enjoy um, star wars but 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 the truth is you know kind of ignoring that fan reaction for the time being the puppetry in this film is outstanding we we're talking about techniques we're talking about puppetry that is still used today and still stands up much better than things we see in the cinema uh, at the moment right now i could go to the cinema and stuff will not look as good as the jabba puppet they won't the jabba no, puppet i agree mate looks sensational bib fortuna sensational yeah. salacious crumb mate sensational there is so there is so many good puppets in this film and and that's just uh, do you know how much they spent on jabba's Ooh. um costume i do not but i imagine it was a fairly decent amount of their budget yeah yeah it was half a million Ooh. half a million I'm pretty sure that's, that's 1980. That's 1983 money. Yeah, yeah. You can times that by a little bit more by now for inflation. I can't work it out in my head, but it's now yeah. in the five million. Maybe I don't know. There's a fair whack that is. But they could have just gone. Oh, you know, let's lean it out a little bit. But they didn't. You know, and that's that's the thing with someone like George Lucas. You know, for you love him or hate him or. Um, you know, have your opinions about him, but you know, he was always, you know, he always pushed technology. He always pushed effects, yep. whether that was practical and then later computer generated. Um, mate, come on the Jabba puppet, like alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just feels real. Just, doesn't it, mate? 
we might just want to end the podcast now, mate. Yeah. yeah. Might just we'll just talk all... about Jabber for the next hour. <laughs> it's so all, the way the sweat glistens in his folds, it just feels so oh. smelly and real. But that's it, mate. Well, listen, even in the book of Boba Fett, I know you really dug the huts, but I remember mm. saying on the recap, it looked a little bit iffy because we're spoiled because we had the real deal in, in Jedi special edition of new hope they introduce that really waff looking chapper um narratively doesn't work yeah visually doesn't work but then but then you come to jedi and you see this thing it's there it's real everybody around it is reacting to it they have to literally um rotate around its gravitational pull it's such a big bad boy mm. it feels real and like you said it's puppeteered it's not it's not a robotic or an animatronic. There are people in there doing, you know, moving the tail for him, moving the arms, moving the gut, moving the eyes, mouth, and everything. It's a heck of an effort, but it's so worth it when you see it on mm. screen and you realize that they are talking to this, they are acting against it. And whatever people may say about the acting in this film, it, it was probably helped by the fact that they had everything they needed in front of them. Of course, in nowadays, would they do that? Maybe they might recreate some of the puppet and then augment it with CGI. But to know that it was actually there would have been such a huge boost for the, the actors. And in an area, I think we, when we spoke to uh, Simon J Williamson, who was Max Rebo. And I spoke to Mike Quinn as well, who was uh, nine numb. Uh, and he also did a lot of other puppets just about what it was like to be in Jabba's palace. And they, they said it was insane because you've got this big set, which looks like it does on screen. And there are just, puppets all around you or there are dancing twilight or different species and, and, and it is a kind of a moment like wow we are what what is going on it, it, it's professional because it's work but there's also that time when well reality takes over and you think i'm getting paid for this what is going on and you know we'd who wouldn't want to be in there and uh, on george this film is just pure george isn't it what we what we know of george now it's it's just silly it's it's daft it's got OTT action, but it's also it's also a bold, a brave film. It's a thrilling film at times as well. There's everything of George in there. It's there's hope, there's optimism, everything that's good about Star Wars and George. And it's a much more innocent movie than people may remember. I rewatched this this week, and there's a real innocence to this film. There's a real earnestness, which I think is missing nowadays in the cynicism that is Hollywood and dare I say Star Wars as well. Because there's there's something about the film which is it's, it's easy going. It feels it feels weighty, but at the same time, doesn't always take itself too seriously. Which is what I love about Return of the Jedi. I'm sure we all have our issues with every film in the world, but what I love about this film is, despite being the ending to what was the biggest trilogy or the only real trilogy of all time, you know, they still had had plenty of time for a lot of fun. And uh, I, I just wonder if other sagas other trilogies or even in Star Wars, would be as bold now to d- deliver us a return of the jedi at 40 years on could you ever see a film like this being released in a star war for, for sure i mean uh, attack of the clones got pretty close <laughs> oh yeah <that was laughs> no, i'm joking again it's george I'm, being george i'm winding <laughs> you up i'm winding but when you just i mean you you brought up a great point about george you know when you look at other george lucas projects right um within lucasfilm or even outside of lucasfilm Mm-hmm. Um, Labyrinth, Indiana Jones, you know, Willow. You you do get that Return of the Jedi almost feels more of that ilk of that genre, yep. that Lucasfilm subgenre, than 
any of the other original films, right? You've got Irving Kirshner, you know, creating the masterpiece that's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and and really, uh, subjectively for many people, that is flawless, right? And again, I want to reiterate, I, I appreciate that. I understand that. I get that. However, the, the Jedi just has so much personality, has so much heart, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is George Lucas. It is his personality coming through. You know, when we say, "Ah, oh, the film has so much personality," yeah, where where did it get that from? Yeah, where where's Not the story Richard come Mark from? Wand, apparently, <laughs> well, well, that's a point I was going to bring up. Is that you know, Irving Kirshner made a a, a a cinematic masterpiece. He directed a very very well polished film, and I think. There was still always a wee bit of beef, wasn't there, between George and Irving Kirsch, the, the Kirsch, right? There was, there were, they didn't quite collab as well as you'd think from, from the finished product. You'd think, wow, that, that comes across as like a seamless production. Empire has the least amount of special edition changes to it. Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> we'll yes. get to the special editions. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, Jedi, he, he brought in Richard Mark Onright, who's mostly a TV director at the time right a welsh tv director here in the uk and i think george wanted to collaborate with someone he wanted someone to direct jedi who wouldn't really like push back him if he said look let's (laughs) you know let's uh let's do this let's uh let's put Leia in a bikini and uh you know see what happens you know he you know richard would have like yeah all right mate no dramas yeah, I'm just, <laughs> you're, you're paying me well, and this is my big break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the '80s, man. This is this is the '80s. People, people doing crazy, crazy stuff. Dude, and, man. Uh, yeah, well, I, and I, and I think it comes through on screen. Is is what I'm trying to say. George's personality and the whole love thing, and ultimately, this film is about love and redemption. And I think it really comes through on screen throughout. Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. That's the best part of this film. The innocence, the optimism. There's no nuance in this film. It's like, there's no, there's, to me, there's no kind of deeper th- meaning. It, it's, it's very much good versus bad. And that's, that's sometimes, uh, that is, that is all you need. And it's for, 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 for families, for kids, for adults. It works just because of that. Of course, there are more, there's more subtlety to the story. Maybe we can add that in hindsight. But mm. at its core, it is, Good guys versus bad guys in the ultimate battle for destiny, essentially. Um, and I'm here for it, I, and I and I dig that. Which and I know a lot of people wish it could get back to more simpler storytelling, but for something like Jedi, I think it works perfectly well. And Richard Marquand, he'd uh, he'd done a few films before. He did one called Eye of the Needle, which is like a uh, an, uh, kind of spy thriller. And I believe that's the one that George saw and was like, "Oh yeah, this is great," and picked him oh, because of that. Well done, mate. Yeah, well, I'm, that's I'm trying. Impression there, mate. I'm trying. You're very um, good. Very and that good. film is actually a pretty, fairly decent film, actually. So, uh, props to Marquand for that. Who you know, by all accounts, had a tough time on set with the actors with George, who you know, shadow directed this whole thing. And it's interesting about the idea of just getting kind of yes people on board because that's mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. I follow George through the decades. And and he, and he, and he mentioned Leia in, in the bikini. We, we we spoke to our boy Eamon about that recently for Insider, the fantastic outlet that he works for. And kind of we spoke about the impact of that as well. And, you know, looking at it 40 years later, looking at it then, looking at it as each other. And you said a really good quote, which when I spoke to Eamon, he was genu- very apologetic genuinely as well. Because he wanted to include this, but um, his editorial editor, 
said, oh, no, we'll discard that for something else. Uh, but you mentioned a quote, though, about, you know, being a little lad at your nan and granddad's house. And, mm. you know, you saw the Leia scene and how, you know, how you interpreted it as a kid. And he loved that quote. And I thought it was very good as well. That to you, it was just, it's just Princess Leia. Um, do you remember that quote you attributed to yourself and to share with the masses? Have you got it? Have you got it to hand? I do I have roughly, not. but I, <laughs> yeah, right. I have not. But it basically, I paraphrase. Yeah, basically, you said I, that there was no, there was no kind of titillation for you yeah. as an eight-year-old lad because you watched it as part of the story, and this it, it was just care. something that happened. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that's as uh, as a child, you you have no like awareness you have no knowledge of this idea of canon right so whatever's shown to you that's what you get and you're like all right that's what happens you know there's no questioning it there's no questioning it and i i've always felt that with with leia in this film and and the bikini and everything in it is that oh right okay like there, there was nothing else to it other than that's princess leia and oh she looks awesome and she's fantastic in this film. That's it. It's not. It's not overcomplicated. And yeah, and I think a bit like what I was saying earlier. That is the benefit of watching this film through through like the eyes of of, of a kid, really. And and uh, credit where credit's due. Again, again, I think that's a credit to George Lucas, mate. I think George Lucas is one of these people that can see things or has the ability to go, how would a kid feel about this? You know, would, would, would a kid, and he doesn't always get it right, but, you know, a lot of the time he, he understands, like, these are long films. They're not short films. It is how, a many, film. how, how, how am I going to keep the attention span of all the family? You mentioned it earlier, you know, grandparents, parents, teenagers, young people, kids, little kids, yeah? And that's why Star Wars is so special. You know, that's why, regardless of if new content was coming out today, you could still release a brand new Star Wars video game and it would do very well. You cannot, you cannot say the same of more or less any other franchise on the planet. On the planet. And and that has to go back to the point that these films are masterfully crafted. They They are designed for everyone and... It's not just that it's designed; it's actually it comes across like that, yeah. and that's 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 magical. Even with the themes, you know, thematically, like what you you was you were alluring to earlier, mate. Like, okay, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It is pretty much good versus bad. It's an easy to follow plot, more or less. But yeah, if you want deeper stuff, you can dig for that. You know, that last bit of the film, that last jewel of the film, that's some that's some deep stuff there, mate. Oh, anyway, man. I'm well aware I've gone off on a tangent and he you loves asked tangent, me about the me? bikini and, <laughs> and I've just ended up talking about <laughs> Luke versus Vader. Well, but, Star Wars oh, you're right. George George gets it sometimes, doesn't he? I suppose. I suppose we can credit him for knowing a few things. No, we love George. He's like, we love George, of course we do. Um yeah, and that and that oh, scene, yeah. we spoke about it. Go read the article, but we spoke about it that back then it was clearly intended for the male gaze. Whereas now I think it's been uh, recontextualized for a more uh, empowering image. And that yeah, is also the definitely. legacy of Return of the Jedi, that you can look at it 40 years later and reinterpret something and be like, yeah, yeah no, no, we're, we're going to take this and make, and insert meaning, which actually is already there. You know, Leia is in chains and she uses those chains to slay her captor. 
her, yeah. you know, that her, her enslavement. And that, so there is, of course, subtext there. And uh, it's only been, uh, it's only been brought more to the forefront as the years have gone past, which is with mm. a lot of this film as well. You mentioned that duel at the end. We did a fantastic episode on that duel, the kind of original duel of the fates. And that is, you know, that's some, when you, we are, people ask about favorite moments in Star Wars in general, not even just Jedi, so many people point at that scene, you know, father versus son, the ultimate yeah. battle. You've got the most evil. You've got the epitome of evil sitting there watching, cackling. Everything is proceeding as he has foreseen. Mm. And the music, the the setting, the light in the, the space battle going on, the ground battles, a bit like Rogue One here, guys. Um, Return <laughs> of the Jedi ripped off Rogue One. Um, there's so much going oh. on, but it's so well stitched together. I get so enough of the jewel. So it's, 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 some might say it's so well executed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to, uh, finish off my coffee, mate. He just wanted yeah. a bit of cat, early, didn't he? Um, early morning brew, mate. Early morning oh, brew. I hear that, mate. Yeah, I had to get a little swig down me as well, but, um, I feel like I get enough of the battle before we, uh, sorry, a the jewel, a swig before we then go into the space battle. I get enough of that before we go to what's mm. happening on the forest moon of Endor. It's really well paced. It's really well edited. There isn't, there at no point do I kind of think, right, where are we? What's going on? Uh, as everyone has been standing here for 10 minutes waiting for their cue. No, I feel like there's real energy. There's a kinetic energy going on where things are just happening mm. the whole time. And, mm. and say what you want about Jedi, about the first half, uh, which I like a lot. That's in the second half when, when it goes down. Yeah, they, they, they get that right leading up to that um, fantastic ending. Um, Ewoks, mate. Shall okay. we talk about the furry bear in the room? Let's talk about it, mate. Over Let's to talk you. about it. Right, <laughs> over to me. You know, uh, uh, once again, I've already said this, this episode, I understand why the Ewoks are something new, weren't they? For oh, yeah. people who watched Empire and A New Hope in the cinema. and. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why some people would think, oh, man, these kind of like ruin the tone. You know, this is meant to be a serious ending and these Ewoks are coming out. And and I, I think I tweeted this. I tweeted yeah. this a few weeks ago. And I said, man, if Return of, more or less, I said Return of the Jedi, like if this, if, if this film came out today, you guys would rip it apart. It would be slated. It the amount would. of pushback on that was... I'm going to say, you know, I've got to be honest, I was, I cringed very hard at a lot of this. People yeah. saying, no, it wouldn't, it would be, there's nothing wrong with it. Or or today, or, or in the sequels, this happened, or that force kick was real. It wasn't a force kick, it was badly choreographed, and it was that was when the camera was placed wrong. There's no yep. force kick. Yeah. Just don't. You're I know, right. I can't, I can't even destroyed. lie. I, I've never noticed it until the internet. I, never I don't even care. I didn't, I don't, yeah, I don't care. Like, you, everyone... Yeah, it, who cares? You can spot that stuff in every film. Exactly. And every film, there is stupid stuff that happens and there's choreograph <laughs> that just does Like, it's, it's, it's a blink and you miss it. It's blink, it's gone, yeah? And, I, and that's not even a specific thing. Like, people took it so literally as like, oh, that's what I meant, like this specific force game. It's everything. <laughs> it's the Ewoks. It's the humour. Han Dude. Solo's more funny in this film compared to Empire and A New Hope. He's having a good time, isn't he? He's, he's got way more time. one-liners. Yeah, he's thinking, car finally, yeah, I get to kill <laughs> yeah, off Han. Little does he know, yeah? Yeah, he's going to get a 2019, huge 2019, mate, will time. be your last appearance. 
that oh, we man. know of anyway. That That's we know a good of. Point. And in that film, there were space horses and people didn't really like the space horses, but the space teddy bears, that's fine. It's, yeah, it's that's kind of like, let's just sacred. celebrate the wackiness for what it is and let's just enjoy, have criticism, but let's just enjoy the daftness of it all. I think that tweet, though, it's, it's short of like uh, a few thousand views or eyes, whatever it is, of a million a yes. million, yeah. So we're talking like a lot of people were looking at this tweet and and had opinions and comments, and it got to a point where I was like, lads, yeah, I Return of Jedi is my favourite film in Star Wars. <laughs> like, I think you're <laughs> misunderstanding like what we're saying here. Yeah, we're not anti original trilogy. It's uh, but it's, yeah, it's the internet. It is Luke now. tweeted I mean, it on the know, toilet people. probably, and look what yeah. happened. I, I I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. that is usually when I do my tweeting, mate. Yeah, I just load up the old Twitter, and then so, most of the time I just like close it down instantly. I'm like, nah, not today. Yes, <laughs> not yes. today. I can't. Yes. I can't. I can't handle this. Oh, I today. hear that, mate. From from every side and every direction. Yeah, it's not just it's not just one group of Star Wars fans or, or just Star Wars in general. The Twitter algorithm's weird anything, uh, yeah. these days. Um, but you know, the Ewoks for me, mate. The Ewoks for me. Um, I I like them. I see that. I see their charm, and I think again. You know, when I said about the bikini, it's just it's part of the it's part of the fabric of Star Wars. It's part of the fabric of what I fell in love with. There must be something there. There must be something there for me as a child to go. I love this, and this will stay with me forever. There must be some kind of magic, despite the fact as an adult you can kind of you know, retrospectively go, hey, yeah, that is a bit of a weird choice. Yeah, that that could have been done to to make toys and to create spin-offs. And okay, <laughs> I, I, I you know, I get I get this, I get that. And at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. I think you always have to yeah, well, it's not that it doesn't matter, but you always have to take it that into consideration that really you've got your own biases and you have to understand those biases. Well, why do I have that bias? It's because I saw it when I was a kid and I fell in love with it. Done. So I'm gonna have that bias. That's stuck. Yep. That is that's hardwired. That is hardwired. What do you think of the Ewoks? Do you love them? Are they a cinematic masterpiece? Uh, definitely not a cinematic masterpiece. But um, <laughs> to, to your last point, that, I, I totally agree. If it's hardwired into, I get that it's hard to, you know, ditch that those memories. And a lot of that is yeah. the cause of internet issues. Just to, just a final point on that, where a lot of people are so ingrained the ot is so ingrained to them it was their childhood that you know criticism from a new generation just it, it, it's unfathomable but yeah. like you you watch this as a kid it's hardwired into you it's ingrained in your memory however you could still you know see it for what it is and be realistic with your appraisal the ewoks yeah as as a kid i remember it was cool it was fine because like you say you're a kid they're fl- they're fluffy teddy bears and the, the other stuff we were kind of watching as kids or films or TV kind of felt similarly to that. It was, you know, fun. It was daft. You know, now you look at it and think, okay, the the Empire says, you know, I've got, I've got my best legions of stormtroopers are down there. And then these very primitive teddy bears with rocks and stones take them down. And, of course, this is George's uh, allegory for Vietnam and the last days of Saigon and all this. But, um which is very clear to see in the film. However, and nature you know, versus it, machine as well. Nature versus know. machine. There are again. So when when I said earlier on, there's nothing to the film. I didn't mean that there were like 
the thematic there are plenty to go on but it is good versus dark throughout um mm-hmm. yeah i mean even now when i rewatched it every day i'm like i love the ewoks they're cute they're fun they're in a forest moon so this they would they belong there it's just so weird seeing them like flicks fling stones at a stormtrooper's head and they kind of explode on the spot it's like what's going on yeah. with this but doesn't make it, it it's part of it now it's part of the story it's no different to you know palpatine being in tross or anakin building c-3po it, it's it's the story it's in it and we love it because of that i can accept that it's absurd it, if it was me you know, I don't know how I would have written in 83 because merchandising toys and this film did very well off those. That Ewok village place set. Come on. Come on. Oh, come um, on. But it was later but re- now, reused for Robin Hood toys. Yes. Very good point. Yeah. Mate. Very good. Another yeah. huge film. Not as good, though. Um, uh, <laughs> like now, now I would think I kind of wish that they'd like peppered in a few more different species or changed it up a bit, but included the Ewoks just to make it that little bit more palatable. But it fits the tone of Return of the Jedi. That's the main thing. I'm trying to kind of take off my 2023 blinkers and think, well, in Book of Boba Fett, this happened. They don't worry about that. You know, it fits the tone of Return of the Jedi, I think. If you'd had, we'd already had a rancor. So if you'd had another one turning up on the forest moon, that would have been weird because we've already seen it. So, I, you know, it, as much as I, in my head, I always try to justify that it's great, I can't. But uh, but I accept it for what it is. I enjoy them. I think it's fun. Again, the kids love it. And at the end of the day, again, let's sometimes just embrace that is absurdity. Mm. You've got Harrison mm. Ford having to act against teddy bears, and for me, that's the best. But that is the legacy of Return of the Jedi, mate. Is Harrison sold. against teddies? Come on, sold. But, yeah, I, sold. I, I like them. I don't love them, of course. I, I'm not going. I can't pretend that I think they're the best like way to end the empire especially in hindsight when you see just how bad the empire really was and you know what it took to take them down from all these other from the rebellion and just needed mm, a few teddy bears and a few sticks and stones i was like okay but that is you know that is retroactively applying what we now know back then it's a fun way to end it mate back in 83 when you've only got one four five or six it's a fun way to end it i'd love to know though what people back then thought like the og the og ot fans who thought about the ewoks Ooh, then a, a lot of people weren't happy with them mm-hmm. you know we weren't we we know that a lot of people yeah, yeah. weren't weren't happy with them well well let, let, let let's crack on because we've got we got so much to cover mate uh, yes mate if we had to choose if we had to choose one favorite Moment oh my each what 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 are you going for like one moment from the film that you just think is divine what are you doing to me there are so many um mm. one moment mm. one moment i'm gonna try not to pick the obvious one because i, I think the obvious one is for me father versus son but i want to go yeah. outside of that i think I, I love the ending you know i love the ending when luke's looking at the force ghosts and then we then we cut to the gang smiling I love the scene of Yoda and his passing. Oh. I think the music is sensational. Mate, Jabba's Palace, Undercover Lando, the Rancor, the Sarlacc, Yoda, the Battle of Endor, Luke and Vader, the Emperor lying yeah, through one. the fire. Ewoks, yeah. Christ, choose um, one, Matt. <laughs> choose uh, one. I am going to go for... <laughs> you know, my favourite part of Return of the Jedi, Luke Bly, this is, this is the hardest question I think I've ever answered. <laughs> I actually think it is going to be... I think it's the Yoda and Luke scene I'm going to go for. Oh, great choice. Is 
odd considering how many great moments in it but i think it's it ties up the ot nicely you know is he my father you, you rushed off too soon to face him blah 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 blah. there is another skywalker but it's oh. you know it, it, it's luke you know finding out finding out who he is finding more about him realizing that the jedi maybe were a bit ropey with their uh points of view but it's to music it's the, the it's how stripped mm. back that scene is the music is charming the acting the music is the acting. the acting is great the music oh. is beautiful but it's not in your face the setting mm. is great the lighting so for me outside of um father versus son i think it's uh yoda's passing what about you oh. mate i mean it could be one of hundreds of things there's so many things man yeah i again i'm gonna choose one and it is one of the more obvious ones. I, you know, I'm not going to choose the bada bada boonky. <laughs> you know, the camera, <laughs> the ring camera at Jabba's Palace. Um, the Jabba Wanga. Yeah, I, I never no. knew. I forgot about that one until I watched it. He just says the oh. Jabba Wanga. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <sighs> um, no, I'm going to go for um, Luke smiling look leaning on the tree looking over he can see four scopes daddy and it's hayden christensen that's Ooh. my favorite bit hayden yeah. well with victory celebration let's not forget. oh yeah speaking no, about them no, changes no doubt yeah did you like that did you like that did. way did you like that seg this that is seg. a segue yeah segue this is Man. a segue i love it mate boy so yeah that that is that is my favorite favorite moment comfortably um yeah, there there, are, there have been some differences. There have been some changes mm-hmm. since 1983, since Return of the Jedi came out. There were the special editions in 1997. Yep. There was the silver box set or the DVD changes, some people call them, in 2004. And then there was 2011, right? Blu-ray? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's it. I, I lose track of what's happened and what's not happened, you know. Um, but ja- in Jabba's right, yeah. palace alone, we've got, we've got, I mean, let's start there. We've got loads of stuff. Um, Lapty neck, which you heard at the beginning of the main Shoot. show. Absolute tune. That was changed to Jedi rocks. Oh, and that, oh, mate. Despite the fact it, the song is still a bit of a banger. It's just it's the it's it's what goes along with it. It's the visual spectacle, the <laughs> CG. You're like, mate, what what is going on? George was playing around with the capabilities of technology. I think at the time, how mm-hmm. to insert CG into existing film um, mm-hmm. film stock. Taken out of context or taken off screen. If you just listen to them now in your headphones, Jedi Rocks is a banger, like you say. Lapty neck though, that's a disco tune for the eighties. You know they. DJs are dropping that on the dance floor because it's an absolute. I think Lapty Neck's better. Lapty Neck, I know, I know, we've got people out there like Johnny O loves a bit of Jedi Rocks, and I dig it. But Lapty Neck, this is this is it, mate. Lapty Neck one, Jedi Rocks nil. I think. Yeah. It, I also think it fits the scene Done. a lot better as well. It fits the scene a lot better. Yeah, I'd agree, mate. I'd agree. So they changed the songs. They changed the the, the video that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, something that I actually wasn't aware of is they added in, you know when Boba is like kind of flirting with the girls? He loves it, yeah. The dancers. And he like kind of like, you know, does that on one of her chin, like the yeah, chin. Yeah. Like he's like, oh yeah, you, 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 you cheeky, cheeky creature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that was added in. 
I did not know that. That is not from the original 83 car. Did you know I that? Know, I, part of me thinks I do and part of me thinks I don't because I know that they right. went it's back hard. and added parts but, and they had that guy with the Tash apparently under there. But um, I didn't know that that was added for the special editions because uh, it just feels, that feels, you know, right. That feels like it belongs. Um, mm. And it also plays into, you know, Boba Fett being a bit of a lad. Um, plays into the the Tim Morrisonness of it, or even though it isn't Tim under the mask, you know, it kind of fits very well. No, Good I'm a point. Cold-blooded killer, but I'm a cold blooded lover. He is. He loves it. Um, he is. So yeah, I, I didn't know that, and I think it adds just a little bit more fun to the scene. Uh, it adds that levity to what to what's going on, even with the Jedi Rock song playing in the background. I mean, the song itself would have been fine if it wasn't for the the OTT you know, CG editions. I do think they mm-hmm. are what ruined mm-hmm. that moment. But then mm-hmm. we, but then obviously we get things like Ula. She falls into the Sarlacc pit, and they had Femi Taylor come back like thirty or twenty odd years later, whatever it was, fifteen years later. Yeah, got her all doled up as Ula again, and reshot new scenes for th- those moments. So there are moments in it where you're like, "Wow, this is you know they really went back and actually retooled some of these scenes rather than just adding CG. They actually added new scenes like the Boba one, like the additional scenes of Ula who looks." unrecognizable like 15 years later or 14 years later well you know what they say more oola more moolah yeah oh here you go oh so good (laughs) i love i love a bit of oola who don't love a bit of oola the rancor Um, did well yeah the rancor you know solid solid there's so many more changes the sarlacc pit Goes from oh, being beak. kind of a questionable image in the, <laughs> just in the in the sand dunes of Tatooine to I know let's add a beak to it and again ah oh, uh, it's all right you're not sure are you I'm not sure on that one I'm not sh- I'm not sure at all actually but then there's other th- there's more smarter things like I think they add more to r2d2 they add more gadgets to <laughs> to him there's smart things um eyelids to the ewoks huge yeah big things which th- to those who don't know they won't know but when you realize that when you watch the original print and now all this and you see the the ewoks blinking it's little moments like that the sarlacc mm-hmm. being nah i mean i don't know <laughs> also the fact that it doesn't look great i'm like it, the way i think it looked more menacing before though it did look very odd yeah i think it yeah. looked more menacing when it was just as the butt. teeth yeah when yeah. it's just a butt with teeth i was like yeah this yeah. this looks more like i don't want to be eaten by that whereas the beak i kind of feel like i could probably hold on to that and get out um but wicket his eyelids i think that um that helps there's little things like that mate and the and things like the color grading <laughs> fantastic the color grading and that kind of stuff that they did was much better <laughs> But um, yeah, that's you know, true, we, we spoke about Hayden grading. being in it, mate. Our, you know, our boy Vader didn't go about, did he? No, no, no. Uh, so there's during the duel, and it's it's surprising how many people don't know about this. So I'd be interested. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know about this, but I'm sure there'll be one or two that this is news to them as well. Um, during the the duel, at the end of the duel, Luke versus Vader. Uh, Vader is saving Luke. Right, and he chucks palps down the fishing well, right, and that's it. <laughs> he's, he goes down. Now George added in nose. Oh, he added in nose because he wanted it to 
poetically add 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 a add a little symmetry to Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi, both being like the the the, the third parts mm-hmm. of their own respective trilogies. Matty boy, let's listen to this audio clip where we've got we've got the original, and then shortly after we've got the 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 nose the 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 edited version, right? Just just as a sample, let's listen to this. That's nothing. It's just people screaming. Ow. Same scene. <laughs> Why does he go, no? Who elongates her no like that and actually has it um, fade out at the end as well? <laughs> I know, because it's, it's uh, you know, I get what, again, I get what George is trying to do here. This is both a love letter to George and, and, a, and a critique, this episode, yep. you know, and that's fine. But you've got something that's so perfect, I think, in the first one, even with all the weird noises and listening to it is so different to watching it. Like listening to it, it is just a, it's a scene where you're, you're just hearing all sorts of stuff like, <laughs> but then to add in the, no, I, the first no, no, I kind of think you can get away with the second, like you said, the elongated one, like, oh, mate, what? <laughs> It takes what? away any nuance from that scene, to, to use the word again, where originally you just have Vader looking at the Emperor, looking at his son, and you can and, and he's going back and forward. And as viewers, we can see what's going on. You know, we can see the, the conflict that's there. And then when, it's a, when he lumbers over and picks up Upper Palps and eats him down the shaft, you know, I, I didn't need to hear him say, no, no, to know that he was conflicted about this moment. I actually think you know less is more in mm-hmm. that scene for a scene which is so delicious beforehand i think that takes away from it a bit i do think less is more let you know let the acting let the let the music almost or just let the emotion of the scene take over rather than doing a classic george thing of you know explaining or talking or telling us what we need to feel when it just doesn't work. Like listening to those sound clips. Oh yeah. It adds plenty of context. Cause the first one is just noises crackling and then palps going when he's thrown off. Whereas the second one, you can hear him like, no, no, you get an understanding of it. But I think when you watch it, I think I, you know, I'm happy to have done without the no, I'm happy to do without any Vader knows to be honest. Mm-hmm. Every time he says no, I think no, just don't do that. Daddy, you don't need to do that. Um, but that's something else that didn't <laughs> quite work for me in a minute. It's kind of half and half with a minute, mate, with what does work. What did work, though, man, man, and I know this worked mm-hmm. for you as well. Mm. Yubnub. And I, we dig Yubnub. Just go listen to our podcast to, to know how much we love Yubnub. But Victory Celebration was brought in for the 97 special editions, obviously created oh. by the genius John Williams. Perfect. perfection in music for an ending with the new changes they've added as well victory celebration i know purists may disagree but for an overall ending to a saga victory celebration just feels more all-encompassing yup now feels like a celebration of what's happened on endor 
but victory celebration feels like a galactic celebration. And also, mate, it's such a tender, such a beautifully tender bit of music, isn't it? It's the emotion is there in that music. Yes, 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 yes. It is. It's just on a different level. And like you said, there are going to be purists who I think and understandably will prefer Yubnub because maybe they were there in 83. Maybe they saw it in the cinema. Maybe maybe they they, they lived with that for like 15 odd years and that, that was perfection for them. For me, Victory Celebration is is comfortably, comfortably, a, a, a vast improvement, you know, mm. and editing in the new planets, you know, especially by 2004, oh. you've got the Naboo stuff. You've got Coruscant on there. It, it works so well going through the galaxy all over again. And, and it just sounds more grandiose. It sounds yep. like a, a, a proper crescendo. It's, it's, it's a fantastic tribute to the whole saga. And when it goes to my other favorite moment which we're which you know perfectly leads us into the force ghost moment i i i i I think it's it complements that so much better than yub nub which is which is a tune which is great yep but it's just it's not got that seriousness to it that that you know jedi i think needs a bit more of in places if i'm really putting my critical hat on Mm-hmm. And that's the point here is that the, a lot of this film is for like kids and, you know, it is pl- very playful. But in this moment, you know, this is the end of the whole saga. Let's do something, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more grown up, a little bit more mm-hmm. mature. And the music suits that. And Anakin's Force Ghost. Mate, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Anakin. Mate, uh, I'm here for it. Give me Hayden Christensen over Sebastian Shaw any day. Yeah. Any any day. Any day. I mm. understand why some people will love Seb. I get it. But mate, it the the force ghosts aren't physically there. They're not physically there, yeah. The, and it's all about your interpretation of force ghosts, but this is, I think, a really decent one. It's Luke's. Luke is seeing it through his head, right? Not everyone else there is seeing the ghosts. That's obvious, right? Therefore, yeah, it's spiritual. Therefore, it's spiritual. It's not. It's not physical. It's like with the walking stick thing that Luke <laughs> Summerfield said the other week. He doesn't. The Force Ghost well, doesn't man. need a walking stick. It's because that's how Luke sees him in his head, right? <laughs> yeah. Because they're not physically there. We're just seeing it as as. As as the viewer on on a on a on a cinema screen, maybe I'm taking it too serious, but <laughs> maybe there's a bit of that <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, who cares? But but with 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 Hayden, I think it it makes sense because it's a rebirth. Luke doesn't isn't going to remember this old dishevelled man, is he? Because that's the last time he saw him. That's Darth Vader. Yep, seeing him as I don't know this young man who was redeemed when he was lost. A Jedi to me is so much more poetic and and emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever anyone is resurrected like that, like Anakin's story, I think yeah, it's going to be too more or less closer to perfection rather than like to their last reset, factory reset. I don't know. I don't know. I love it. I think it's wonderful. Your thoughts, mate? I think it's a great point you make there, mate. And I love this talking point just as a overall talking point because I mean. At the end, you get Sebastian Shaw in the Vader suit at the very end. So we see Sebastian Shaw, and then we see 
Hayden. So we get the best of both worlds in this. Plus, they also um, digitally remove Sebastian Shaw's eyebrows because, well, Darth Vader's face was melted off. So again, another change, which I think was really makes good. Sense. And, yeah, and the eyes sense. as well. Apparently, they changed the eye colour to further match Hayden's as well, which again, I think is a fantastic choice. Um the, it, it does obviously bring up the questions of, or the moral aspect of Sebastian, who's not here anymore. They dabbling with his likeness, but that's a, that's a gray area for another time. But um, yeah, I, I like seeing Hayden in this. I do because whilst the film is called return of the Jedi. And at the end of the film, the Jedi returns in essentially in Anakin. Now he, he is redeemed. At least he's not, he doesn't become a Jedi necessarily. He's just redeemed, you know, the yeah. Jedi and Luke, he brings the Jedi back from their, after they were purged many years ago so um i have no issue with that and i love the idea that we see anakin when he was the most jedi of, of that he's ever been which was when he was younger you know when it, when he had the helmet pulled off him and he says you know tell your sister you're right actually that could be the best part of the film <laughs> tell oh, your sister you're right <laughs> that could be the my favorite part of the film is that interaction between those two. Oh, come on um but there's Just so much stuff. It, tell your sister <laughs> Yeah, tell your sister what? Um, there is another. Oh, not this again. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, um, he. To me, yeah, he he turns back to the light. He doesn't necessarily become a Jedi again in that moment. He just tries to redeem himself of the dark things he's done. But let's face it, Darth Vader did some pretty naughty things. So, yeah, um, true. I, I, I'm happy having Sebastian Shaw in that moment and having Hayden. Later on, I do wish they'd actually filmed scenes with Hayden to fit the moment a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't. Doesn't matter. It's still there. Uh, I, I'm with you, mate. I prefer having Hayden there for the synergy. It ties everything up. And to me, that is when he was at his most Jedi. And we've mentioned in the prequels, you know, Anakin at times was the one who was trying to uphold the Jedi traditions, even when the council around him weren't. So that that moment, I think, works an awful lot better, mate. So. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 there I'm there for that, mate. So um, I mean, we're talking about the legacy of Return of the Jedi. You want you want to adjust it for inflation, mate? It's the seventeenth biggest film of all time, just behind oh. Avengers Endgame by about ten million quid. It's made just short of a billion bucks. It's been re-released. It was re-released in 2023. It made good bank. You went to see it a few times with uh in, with your family and the sick heads. It made some good money, and it goes to show that this film is just as popular now maybe uh, even more so than it's been over the last few decades. People were yearning. People were like running to see this film and you had Matt Ferguson's beautiful art that came with it as well. Oh. You know, the reaction to this, you know, over the last 40 years, but more so now, is only intensifying, isn't it? Which I think is a beautiful legacy for the film is that it's not stuck in the time. It hasn't been forgotten for the more whiz-bang films or series. People still love and revere this film which i find so so endearing yes mate yes 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 again um and i think the re-release kind of is a testament to that you know this film was um had had a limited re-release and not 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 globally it was only in some countries in in like uk us and elsewhere um and even then it was at limited cinemas not not all cinemas across the country showed it and yet, pretty much from what I hear and what I what what I've seen, pretty much every single screening was was packed. Every single screening was packed. That's so good to see. It's so good to see. People adore this film, and I don't know what it is. Well, it's everything we've spoken about, but 
Return of the Jedi, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, I think really, really appeals to young people, to people who are there and newer fans too. You know, people who never even saw the prequels in cinema are going to the cinema and seeing Return of the Jedi for the first time in 2023 and loving it. There is, it, it, it has, it has a lot to offer, whether it's that sweet, sweet poster that was released at Star Wars Celebration. Dude, yeah which was a gem. And then, you know, thankfully I was signed. I tried to nab one of those. And, um, I remember, I think I was waiting for you somewhere. I went to the hall to like, you know, where you collected posters at celebration. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. and they were like, I was like, Oh yeah. D- let me just grab one. And they're like, Oh, have you got the wristband for the return of the Jedi panel? I was like, <laughs> uh, no. And they're like, yeah, you can't have one. I was like, I dropped it on the floor. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> but yeah, got one at the cinema instead yes. which was which was grand which was grand beautiful. that was that was beautiful that was beautiful and yeah and i think that is it's all a testament to the fan reaction it's not always been 100% but i think people who love jedi like really really love return of the jedi and i think its popularity's just grown over yeah. the years it re- it really has really yeah. has in in a lot of ways my boy you could say it was it was really ahead of its time, really ahead of its time. Yeah, um, no, I agree, mate. I totally agree. You, you talk about fan reaction and memories. Just looking at what some of the listeners have been saying, mate. Um, Neil Tobin, our boy who we've met at Nerdbase a few times, he, you know, talking about memories. He said, "My mum took me out of school to see it at South End Odeon back in '83 when I was six. I took my boy to see it a few weeks ago. I adore the film." but it's the memories around it that make it so special. And he sent us a great picture of him and his little lad uh, with his lightsaber watching the film, uh, which is what we're talking about. That's what it's all about. You know, dad, mum and son went to see it. Dad and yeah. son then go to see it later on in life. Jimmy Adams said, you know, what does he remember about the film? Seeing it with his dad. You know, that's it's, it's that family connection and growing up with this film. My brother, Sean, he loves the speed of chase. Jacob Jacob Lusk says uh, he loves the throne room scene and the unseen tug of war between light and dark. There's so many many comments with people seeing it with their father. The Stone said he saw it in the cinema with his father the same way he saw it the other two films. Sean Sculthorpe, lad, going to the cinema with dad, mum and my very young sister and to finally see how the original trilogy would end there are so many people here that remember it for those moments mate isn't there oh mate absolutely and and the same sentiment was carried over onto instagram this is a really really nice message right and um yeah i'm very very grateful for this so this is the first comment uh from chewbacca ate my lunch Nice. You know, we know him. We love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, 1983, Odeon, Chester, another Odeon. Uh, seven-year-old me in both tears of joy and immense sadness, Star Wars was over, that it was gone forever. If little me could see me now, I'm so grateful to be part of a galaxy far, far away. From the start-ish, not my fault as a baby for a new hope, but from 1980 until now and beyond, Star Wars has given me so much My childhood wasn't great. My mum's struggle with mental health made things hard to understand for a kid. But Star Wars, I could escape to. So may the force be with all of you, always. Really, really appreciate that, mate. That's a very, very transparent comment. And it's great. And I think Star Wars, you know, and especially Jedi means 
that to to, to a great many deal of people. Yeah. Um, the Phantom Fanboy, our boy, <laughs> loves it. Loves a bit of Kathy Kennedy. He says does. the greatest art ever produced by mortals. <laughs> I, I love there you love go. It. No question. And loads of loads of <laughs> loads of other people as well saying uh, feel good film of the year. Every year, Danny yeah. Fandoms, Eamon Jacobs, we love it, mate. We love it. Uh, Return of the Jedi has so much love, and it's great to see that love 40 years on. Do you think it was worth coming to this late at night? Yeah. yeah. Good over to you, always. The movie no, was perfect. It was exactly the way it had to be. It was a fantastic movie, but it was good. It was really, really good. But the real critics of any film are the moviegoers who pay the cash to get in. It was great. People were just cheering and screaming and yelling and clapping. It uh, answered a lot of questions, but not all of them. There's enough to keep you wanting more. I'm a new woman. <laughs> it's the truth. Good prevails. We will all conquer. That's very good. No, it, it was definitely the greatest science fiction movie ever made. I mean, I was right in there. I mean, Lucas, total genius all the way. The sound, the visual. I. It was a total experience. I mean, it's sort of like Star Wars. You want to go see it over and over again. Are you going to be back for more? Mm, for sure, as soon as I get back from London. The Force is with more than just the characters in this latest edition of Star Wars. It will be also felt in your wallets, where tickets are going for $4.50 to $5. But then, no one seems to mind anyway. Lorraine Woodward, Channel 7 News. Hi, this is Mike Evans. I played Low Gray, the medicine man Ewok in Return of the Jedi. You're listening to Star Wars Session, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Jedi, Jedi, 40 years, 40 years. Sadly, mate, Jabba's palace has been commandeered by the daimyo of Tatooine, Boba Fett, so we can't go there for a drink. Thankfully, the Essex Falcon has pulled up outside our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. And the only question that now remains, my friend, is, shall we? Oh, let's do it. Yeah, come on. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right. It's the Patreon question section. You know it. You love it. To uh, kick us off this week is none other than the Cloney Boy himself. I wonder. I wonder what this uh, this question will be about. (laughs) It's Scott Fisher. He says, "Hi lads, hi lads." With season three of the Bad Batch being its final season. Do you think we will see the origins of the Dark Trooper program? We've already seen that clone Hmm. assassins appear in season two and the Dark Troopers becoming canon again as a result of the Mandalorian. 
Since there does seem to be this pattern of Legends material becoming Disney canon again, I wonder if the clone assassins we saw in Season 2 is the precursor for using veteran agent clones for the Phase Zero Dark Troopers. What do you lads think, Matty boy? What are you saying about Scott's cheeky Dark Trooper question? It's filthy, is what it is. I mean, there's mm. always the there's the idea that um, Crosshair Sniperhead is going to be used as the template for the Death Troopers. So, in terms of mo- using like a, uh, a an, the aging clones as a blueprint for the Dark Troopers Phase Zero. I can see. I mean, there's a good chance, mate, especially with the Dark Troopers now being so prevalent recently in the Mandalorian season mm. two and three, and Jedi Survivor as well. They're in that. Um, it would be an interesting way to phase out more of the clones as well, and also add another little tragic layer to their post Order sixty six existence, or even just their existence altogether. You know, they're bred for war, they're bred to be puppets of Palpatine, and then they're just tossed aside or experimented mm. on as a reward um, so in terms of live action slash animated I think the Bad Batch is the place to do it if they're going to do it do it in the Bad Batch if they want people to actually see it do it in something like the Bad Batch I can see it happening though mate and I like the idea that because I mean we saw in Kenobi which I've been re-watching you know we saw the old uh, clone you know spare a few change for a veteran oh, the question is there it. were like millions of these guys around we know most of them probably got slaughtered in the war but now, what happened to all of the clones? You know, is, is there just sort of six million people who look the same in the galaxy? Or were they put to other use? We know the Empire has no love lost for the clones at all. The Bad Batch is doing such a great job of showing that. So mm. I think there's a good chance that, you know, if they can get their hands on a few, which we know that they have, that they would experiment on them, that they would use them for uh, their new breed of soldiers. Because I don't think they're... I don't think they're their experience and qualities are lost on the empire i just don't I just, they obviously just see them as kind of lesser life forms but i think it's a good chance mate i think it's a good chance and if it does happen it'll be the bad batch but what about you um hunkasaurus uh, parents bad batch do you remember <laughs> yeah, that trailer yeah, yes that's so parents. random they've never Why done that before parents um yeah great great Mad. question scott um I, I pretty much echo what matty boy says so i'm gonna add to it and say you know if there's if there's a place to do it the bad batch is the perfect place to do it you know clone wars and rebels have really given us so much like fleshing out of star wars content and canon and character and just depth depth of the galaxy depth of the greater mm-hmm. saga and story um, so yeah, the Bad Batch is, I think, perfect, perfect for it. And the Dark Troopers are particularly sick. Like, you, you know, Mando showed us you've got to be a particularly skillful person, yeah. maybe a naturally, or naturally, whatever way you look at it, um, <laughs> to take down the Troopers with ease, because it's very, very hard. So, you know, I think you've, you, sometimes less is more. But in this instance, the Dark Troopers could make for a really, really, really good kind of villain or an extension of a villain. Um, Because I think Bad Batch is going to have a, you know, a a bittersweet end. I think it's going to have a bittersweet end, mate. Yeah, I agree. Controversial. Controversial. I agree. It's a, it's a very cheeky question, Scott. Thank you so much for sending that in via the Patreon. Uh, Matty Boy, what else have we got? We have another question. This one is a Patreon question sent to us on Instagram from George Constantino. Georgie boy. 
He said, hello there, Matt and Luke. My question is simply about Tim Wera Morrison. We're here for that. He said, surely he has to be utilised in the coming years to play different version clones, as well as Boba. Yes, they have the deep fake tech now, but nothing is better than having the perfect actor in their prime for the role. Do you think he'll play the likes of Cody, Rex, Wolf, or even Django in flashbacks in the coming years before he ages out for the roles? Even though he wasn't contacted for Mando Season 3, may the force be with you. And to you too, Georgie Boy. So, uh, Luke, do you think they're going to utilise Tim Morrison uh, more so than they already have? Well, we, uh, we, we chatted about the whole Tim not being asked or being asked to do Mando Season 3 and you know the whole Boba Fett thing we, we, we chatted about that briefly on our Patreon podcast last month Pubcast. didn't we we did podcast we love a podcast and um, so yeah I'd strongly recommend listening to listening to that for anyone um, but we've, we've in, in, in this instance George mate I don't know if this is spoiler or not because I've seen it plastered all over Instagram all over Twitter and to be honest I, th- I think it's something that is somewhat predictable. You know, if you had your Star Wars bingo card, I reckon you'd probably write this down for Ahsoka. But um, Georgie Boy, Ooh. Rex in Ahsoka, in the Mandoverse, an older Rex. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. And I think really all you need is Tem and, and a little bit of makeup and or de-aging. And I'm all for de-aging, to be honest. I, I, I always look back at, you know, Hayden and Ewan in Obi-Wan Kenobi in their duel, and I was like, well, just de-age them. Just de-age them, guys. <laughs> more you know, of that what, next what, you know. Yeah, more of that next week. What's the crack <laughs> for that? What's the deal? Yeah? What's the... I don't know. That's what I do, Ewan's mate. clearly wearing a wig, which makes me laugh every time. It's the most oh. obvious wig I've ever seen. <laughs> It's a superb, it's a superb scene. It's just, you know, come on, lads. Come on, you've got, you've, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I think it's going to happen sooner than you think, George, in short. Matty Boy, what are you saying, mate? Yeah, I think it's coming as well. I'd certainly hope so as well. I, though I wouldn't be averse to uh, Danny Logan playing a younger Boba in flashbacks if he can mm. get the voice right. And, to be honest, if he can just shape up his acting chops a little bit. Just a little bit, because he's not always... He hasn't really been in an awful lot since Clones. And I think if people see a young Boba, they're going to expect a certain amount. However, maybe he just takes his helmet off and stares intently. Doesn't have to say anything. Great, I'm Mm -hmm. down for that. Uh, Now, Tem gets flack for his acting when he's clearly just having the time of his life as Boba. But Tem, you know, Tem's shown, uh, unlike Daniel Logan, this isn't an anti-Daniel Logan thing, I think he's a lad, but... But Tem has shown in dramatic roles previously that he can bring the heat. And Tem is a fantastic actor when given the right material. Um, and, mate, wouldn't it be fun to see three Tems on screen together? Imagine if Tem was Rex, Wolf and Gregor or something like that. And it was just him. And they just put him on, on the scene together and they all talk to each other via movie magic. Who doesn't want to see three Tems? I do. All those teeth. Um, now, whether they would or not is another story, but they do keep I don't going know back the to world Tim. can handle it, Matt. No, I don't exactly. know. I don't think the world can handle it. You've got to sort the lighting out on that. But, um, <laughs> you know, whether they do, I don't know, but in terms of more than one Tim. But they do keep going back to him for various roles, including, sorry, that involve clones or involving Boba. So I'd say it's mm. very possible, and especially... True especially with Ahsoka coming up. I know there's uh, the word on the bird is that we may see some Rex again. Like the Dark Troopers and the Bad Batch is a perfect marriage. I think if we're going to see live-action Rex, 
it's going to be in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, and give it. And Tim's got to be the one to do it. You know, obviously Dee Bradley does the voice of the clones, but you know, Tim is Boba Fett. Tim is the clones. Django, Boba, that's him. Yeah. I would love to see Tim all bearded up playing Captain Rex, mate. So, oh. I, 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 I hope it happens, and I think it will. Whether it will be Cody, Wolf, Django, I don't know, but I think we're definitely going to get Tim as Rex for sure, mate. Yeah, I think Rex is just like that little bit more different than all the other clones, and, and you know that's he's he's a main character in in Clone Wars, and yeah, even Bad Batch and Rebels. You know, rewatching Rebels like gradually, you know, I, I, I forgot just how much Rex is in it. I'm like, man, yeah. I, it feels like he's in this more than Clone Wars. You know, that's. <laughs> at some points um, yeah fa- thank you so much for sending that through George and Scott we've just got one more final little bit of a cheeky question from uh, Brother Hud uh, Sean he says you've been given the task of buying each other a meal and a drink without asking what would you order for each other favourite takeaway company favourite actual order favourite bevy at the pub Matty boy how well do you know me how well oh, do you know me I'm panicking Mr. now this this was actually the first part of Shawnee Boy's question last week that we just didn't have time for. So, because you're a patron, we're going to throw this part in as well, mate. We love VIP. your support. Um, favourite takeaway company? It's a tough one because does that include independence? Does that include, like, Leon mm. C. Kebab? I know that... Uh, I know Lukey Boy loves McDonald's. I remember there's been many times when he'd do a Journal of Luke Blywalker from a McDonald's drive through So I remember you uh, enjoyed that. King. And I did King, but with, with the advent now and the taking off of just the delivery other takeaway companies available <laughs> it could be any I think uh, if I was to order something I would order Luke a um, I'd order him a Burger King I think I'd order him some kind of a Whopper meal uh, in terms of an actual order from a takeaway I'd get him a Lambuna with all the trimmings bit of rice bit of uh, onion bargey <laughs> And uh, favourite bevy at the pub. This is obvious. Yeah, he loves London Pride. My man loves a London Pride. Guinness as well, but yep. a London Pride. Y- yes. See that's that? true. The that takeaway true. ones are tough, man. Because I mean, the obvious answer is Greg's. But I know you're a man of culture and fine cuisine, so it could be one of many things. Right, right. So let me throw it back uh, over to Matty Boy. Favourite takeaway company. I'm, I'm not Ooh. so sure on this. I think I'm going to say. So we're, we're talking about like brands, aren't we? I guess so, just to make it easier here. Yeah. We are talking about brands. Yeah, I think um, for you, I think I am going to pick McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like McDonald's. Oh, no. <laughs> really yeah, like your reaction I'm, is perfect. I don't know I why. Like, you just strike me as a McDonald's no, person. No, I've never really liked Not since I was about 16, or maybe 18. I've really now, gone off it. Now I come to think of it, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you have a McDonald's. If I have to, I will do. I don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. It's just not one I'd gravitate I know towards. You like, I know you're you're more of you like your snacks and stuff, don't you? Yeah, Whereas, like, what, 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 what gave I, that think, away? I think you're a little bit of a fussy eater, aren't you? Uh, no, a no. Do you know what? I'll eat. I'll eat most things. It just depends on. It more depends on. The mood, or you know what I mean, depending on where I am, oh, how, yeah. what, what I'm doing is, you know. But I'll eat, I'll eat most things. I'll eat most things, mate. Fa- favorite brand? I'm going to say Subway. I do, I do like a Subway. I'll give you that. I'll take what, that. What? What? <laughs> All right. And then for favorite actual order, like from from any takeaway, I'm going to say I'm going to order Matty Boy a Chinese with all the oh, trimmings. I do like a Chinese. Like, yes. There we go. Look, I his face it. is I lit up. It. <laughs> 
favourite favourite bevy at the pub is whatever his brother's buying. <laughs> 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 Waving his card around. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, Matty Boy, lager. Sean, lager. Jessup, lager. Sometimes cider. <laughs> uh yeah, no. I, you I, I honestly, I, I don't think you're that fussy. I think you'll have, and I think you, you're happy with just like a lager or something. Um, but I know you, you like cocktails as well. I know you I like do. a G and T and stuff and rum and coke. Do you remember rum uh, and coke. the cantina? I kept, I guess, kept handing Lukey Boy rum and coke. I've cracked That's it. Now. True. I've cracked it now. I love rum. I like coke. Beer gives me beer gives me mad headaches. I can't drink beer because it gives me Does such it? bad headaches. Um, only certain was- ones. Whereas rum and coke, though, I've realised now, the rum makes you feel merry, but the coke doesn't, it keeps me kind of, um, it doesn't give me hangovers. I feel decent enough in the morning and it keeps me awake a little bit. So um, rum and coke is what I go for now. Anyone Everything in moderation. Everything exactly. in moderation. That's, that's, that's the lesson. That's the lesson. Um, yes. Absolutely. What, what is your favourite takeaway company then? Like I fast don't know, food company mate. then? Um, like Domino's or something? I like KFC. Um, I do enjoy I was going to say KFC. But I do I enjoy thought, that. I thought you were disappointed with... I, I thought we chatted once and you were like, oh, it's a bit disappointed like KFC. I was like, oh, I can't be that. No, no. I, I do enjoy KFC in terms of like, your major brands anyway. I like Domino's. Yeah, um, yeah. Papa John's is all right. Um, but yeah, I'm usually like you or like most people. I usually go to kind of like your your, your local Chinese or your local curry house because that's where the filth happens. Yeah, um, you know it. And of course, like the more the more more indie, the better. Or the more the older, or the more family run, the better because you know you're going to get the good stuff from most you know places. It. But I guess you know push it. comes to shove. Yeah, Subway, KFC, maybe. I like that. I like that. Okay. I haven't had a what, Subway what's in ages. Favorite um, takeaway brand? Takeaway brand. I'm probably going to go for Taco Bell. Oh, how did I not think about that? Uh, I'm surprised. Oh, uh, no. And then, do you know what? I'm probably like maybe Greg's or something. Like Greg's is just... Of course, of course. It is, it, you mentioned that already. Like, it's not a, but I don't know if that's on the same... But yeah, everything Taco else Bell. you pretty much got. Like Indian, you got my favourite beers, like a, a Fuller's London Pride or, you know, it. failing that, like a Guinness. Yeah, or a Roman old, Coke. Old man buying. drinks. <laughs> old man drinks, yeah. Um, fantastic. I think we've spent the most time... On the food question, God, and I'm of here course for we it. have, mate. This is what we do on the sessions. We love Star People Wars, but we love food even what more. What are these boys on? What are these boys on? <laughs> blame the patrons, mate. It's not us. Blame these. Blame these goons who follow us on Patreon. We love each yeah. and every one of you. Mm. Uh, Scotty boy, George, Shawnee boy, thank you for your questions. Everybody out there, we'd love to know your answers. Will the clones become the, fir- the Phase Zero Dark Troopers and beyond? Will we see more Tim Morrison as v- different versions of clones, Django or Boba? And what's your favourite fast food and drink? Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on those. We are going to be back again with more Patreon questions next week. But bartender, sorry about the mess. We're going to be back again, same time again next week here in the Bantina. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! That's right. That is right. It is the end of the show. So it is the Sessions Game this week. It is my turn to host. Matty Boy is there for playing. Matty Boy, (laughs) do you want to know what you're playing? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I was gonna do. I was gonna do something Galactic Star Cruiser related and be like, <laughs> "What's cheaper, a Galact or what's more expensive? You know, no, cheaper, a Galactic Star Cruiser." Or and I was Everything. like, "You know what? That's just shooting fish in a barrel." Um, and I know some people, some people are really hurt about it closing, but that's a good conversation for another yeah, no, time. No, jokes aside. So I thought I thought to myself, well, hey, let's do some Return of the Jedi themed trivia. Yes, yes, it's a classic. But I've I've learned, I feel like I've learned a lot this week doing some research on Jedi, reading up on Jedi. I even did the official Star Wars quiz on StarWars.com. We're not just doing the quiz because most of the quiz you know, right? I've, yeah, I've already known most of the quiz you know. However, there's one or two in there that I'm like, I did I did not know that. Yeah, and and okay. some other some other things as well that I've found throughout the internet, right? So, um, Return of the Jedi. When it comes to the crawl, oh, the, the game started by the way. Play the music. When it comes to the crawl, mate boy, what's different about the Return of the Jedi crawl compared to every other Star Wars film? It's got to be one of two things, surely. Either there are less paragraphs in it or the font is different. Mm. And I'm mm. going to go for the font. Interesting. Well, I mean, on a technicality, you'd be right because the font is ever so slightly different for every single Star Wars film. Oh, yeah. If, if, every single one is just slightly different. And the it's colors a bit like, Jedi. Something that winds me up a little bit, but, I, you know, I get it. But, like, they even the colors are different. Um, mate, this blew my mind. You're not going to okay. believe this. Return of the Jedi is the only crawl with three dots at the at the end. The ellipsis. Oh, of course, because it's usually four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And Jedi has three. Man. Third film, I three did. dots. I learned that this week, mate. I learned, I learned today. that this week. I knew that the other films had four dots because it's, it's, it's an odd convention to do. It's not. It's irregular to have four dots and an ellipsis, obviously, because that ain't what it is. Yeah. Wow, that's a great bit of trivia quiz. If Isn't that crazy? Listen out for that one. Well, I was hoping that with this quiz, with this game this week, that like people at home will be learning with us because I knew I didn't know this. Stuff. I did but, not uh, know probably, that. A lot of you guys probably already know this, so it'd be fun anyway. Um, do you know what? And, and talking of crawl, do you know what the first word in the Return of the Jedi crawl is? Oh, I only watched it the other day. Um, princess. Oh, good guess. Good guess. No, it is Luke. It's Luke, okay. which um, is the same as The Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker has vanished in The Force Awakens. That's right, yeah. And JJ always said he wanted like The Force Awakens to feel like an extension of Return of the Jedi, almost like you could just like pop the VHS back in. And at the end of Jedi, Leia says, "Luke, get out of here, disappear, and all that," and he really does. So, yeah, there you go. There we go. There we go. Um, do you remember? What the working title of Return of the Jedi was? Oh, um, uh, Blue Harvest. Yes, yes. Well yes. done, mate. I oh. I remember that thanks to Family Guy. Yes, that's exactly why I remember it as well. I, something, something, something dark side. <laughs> we all know him. We all love him. Moff to Jared. We shall double our efforts. I love um, that dude. I know, what a legend. So apparently he was meant to have a larger role in the film because he's kind of meant to be on a, on a similar level to Vader in the, in the original yep. script, right? Now, 
there was a different actor who was meant to play him. It was this close to playing him. Oh, but they no. kind of rejigged stuff and they, they got a new actor, another actor in. Um, do you know who the who who was meant to play Moff to Jared and who in, in I, fact auditioned to play him? I Someone do not quite know who well this known. One. I do not know who this one was. Uh, I never heard this one before. Never, this is a great quiz because I am learning. Um, Ian Holm? Good guess. Uh, I'll give you a clue. He is in the Harry Potter franchise. Oh man, it could be any one of uh, anyone. Uh, Alan Rickman. Um, Correct. Oh, Correct. is it Alan Rickman? Is it Alan, Alan, <laughs> Alan Rickman? Made. I can't do it. Made. I can't do it. I, I, I used to be able to do a half decent Alan Rickman, but I can't do it now. Uh, I'm trying to get Darth Vader. Oh. But, um, that would have been fun pre-diet oh. seeing Rickman in Star Wars. I know. This, this is one that I, I have a feeling you're going to get this, but I did not know okay. this. I'm, asha- I'm ashamed to say I did not know this. Um, do you know the name of the chief Ewok on Endor? Um, chief I can't Chapman. believe this. Yes. Yes. How did you know that? Because it's been in a couple of canon books since... <laughs> Chief Chirper. I oh, Chirper. Chief Chirper. I mean, it's Chief it's, Chirper. It's out there. It's a choice. It's a yeah. choice. You Wicked know, it's Ray Chirper. It's a lifestyle <laughs> choice. Um, very good, mate boy. You're, you're doing really well. Okay, the famous "It's a Trap" was originally written as. Take a guess. Oh, uh, it's a trick. Yes! yes. How did you know that? Yeah, because I did research for the film as well, my man, and I oh, saw that one mate. coming up, and I was like, "Oh, that would have been that would have blown." I'm so glad they oh. changed it. <laughs> but I didn't. And none of the other questions have come up in any of my research, which is great. Yeah, well, no, that's interesting. That's I've mm, got a raw mix here. I've got a raw mix, and this is the last one. Um, okay. There's a character, significant character in Return of the Jedi who was originally not meant to be in the film can you guess which character that is oh um Han Solo no very very good guess Uh, very good guess this is hard this is hard once I say it it'll it'll make sense Mon Mothma there was Chris Mm. Medine with his silly beard um Palps Emperor I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a random mm. je- uh, one out there, mate. Uh, Wedge Gone. Antilles. No, no, no. More major. It is, in fact, Yoda. Really? Yoda was never meant to be in Return of the Jedi. Man, and imagine a film without him in it. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in the script originally. It was. Um, it was basically he was. He was added back into the film so that Yoda could confirm that Vader was Luke's father because audiences yeah. just didn't believe it. Yeah. And it, it was there to re-emphasize. It was there to re-emphasize that. No, no, this, I you know, Luke. Now. I understand as well. Luke because a lot of Vader's people son. see, well, a lot of people see those scenes as kind of, you know, they were kind of a, an, an odd detour to the story. Like, oh, I've got to go to Dagobah quickly. I, I get it. Then maybe it does feel a bit weird, but I can't think Promised of a film old without it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't, it, it if you're talking about well one thing we've spoken about with other, with sequels and all that and prequels as well is is connection and narrative connectivity just 
he made a promise to an old friend. He went to finish it. He, he made good on it in Jedi for three films. Again, ignoring nine, uh, all nine for those three films. Paid to go back and see Yoda to be like, listen, I was wrong. I shouldn't have gone to face Daddy. And the Yoda's like, no, no, you're a Jedi now because you did. You didn't listen. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it works, it's even on my mind. Confirmation. Yeah, on my exactly. Mug. Oh, mate. It's iconic. It's iconic. Like, uh, and and do you know who suggested the change to add Yoda back in? Um, I wouldn't be Gary Kurtz left production, so I don't know. Uh, Good shout. Luke Skywalker. Good no, it's Richard Marquand. Was it old Marky? Marky, Marky, went, you know what? I think we should add this in. And George went, oh, okay, okay, well, that's fine. Let's do it. As director, stop having your own say, Richard. It's my film, <laughs> but it's for the better, though. It's for the better. It is. Well, it's funny that earlier you were like, "That's my favourite moment." You know, yeah. you wouldn't have that moment without without old Mark yeah. on, right? Just yeah. coming and in and saying, "Look, I think we should add this in." Interesting, yeah. isn't it? And 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 that's what collaboration does. When you when you've got good collaboration, you know, capable yeah. people around you, you know, you get really good results. So there we go, mate. That's the last question. It was great. Yes. You did really well. Um, Glad I got I, right. I, this was all pretty much news to me. So as per usual, I wouldn't have done very well. Um, <laughs> fantastic job, mate. Fantastic job. And there we go. And that is episode 206. 206 two in the bag. Mate. Mate, 206. 30, great game. 31st of May, 2023. That's all I was going to say. 31st of May. Oh, That's yeah, when it, it is. Yeah. There we go. So End a few May. days away from the anniversary, but that's all right. We're in the season in the SZN season. We, mate, we are in Jedi season right now. Look, we're, we we're halfway we through the year now, lads. We're celebrating Return of the Jedi. Oh. Great game. I'm so glad I got some right. Um, good job. Episode 206. We're only 94 episodes away from 300, guys. As we always say, let the countdown <laughs> begin now. We ain't counting down yet. But that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. And the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us? Master Bly Walker. They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, social media. Just search Star Wars Sessions and you'll find us. Uh, we love voice notes. Drop us a voice note or just a message to our email, which is hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Don't forget about the Patreon, guys. $2, $2 a month. Yeah, less than a cup of coffee. Get you, get you in the club become a session sick ed it means the world ensures the future of the show as well so if you enjoy it yeah support it yeah no pressure no pressure but thanks to everyone who does anyway yeah help us get to 300 by supporting us and four and 500 as well but if you do want to support the show for free do continue to do what you're doing right now which is just listening and also leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice. Those five stars do help the show grow. They do get new listeners in. They do get us up the algorithm. They do get us into those rankings worldwide. And it's another way to hear from more of you each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest chief chirper, tell your Ewok, <laughs> oh, tell your cousin, the more the merrier the castle spicy. Ah. Yes, till your wonderfully named Moff Jajerud. Now this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you always. Ooh, yeah, come on. The wheels are Ikman. <laughs>
freestyling. Alan. Alan. Get the turkey out of the freezer. Love it. Love it. Hello, goodbye, 